life is concerned and where mine is concerned. We prepared a place for God to move, to make his abode. A place set apart for the master's use. This church, this church family, we're here for a reason. To live for the King, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to ask you guys to stay in this spirit. As I'm, we're going to play this video now and receive it. It is a word in due season for what's happening in the earth today for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ overall, which includes us. Amen. So please receive it. Thank you, worship team. That was highly anointed. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Wait till they get down there. We'll watch this. And can I just, I don't know if I think I just said it to the prayer people. If you're not familiar with Dutch Sheets, um, he's going to share a little bit of his testimony, just a little brief, brief amount. But um, this guy, I don't think I've ever heard get wound up, you know what I mean by, I mean, like your pastor does, get excited and begins to, I mean, the anointing comes on him so strong, and what happens in this place is, what I believe is, is, is happening in this place, amen, so uh, like I said, receive it, expect good things in Jesus' name. So, Dutch, I want to give it to you, and then we'll end, I, I'll get you to. Pray with that decree so we can get go further. Yeah, of your spirit. Well, I want to take just a, a few minutes and talk about the stakes that we are um, praying for, working for. Um, and I, I'm sure I've never done this uh, in this setting. What I'm about to do, tell you the story I'm about to tell you. I, I share it very seldom, but. Uh, in the 90s, I've been, I've been warring for the soul of this nation, literally, really warring for the spiritual soul of a nation for about 30 years. And in the, in the 90s, in the 90s, God was really beginning to place that burden in my heart. I saw somehow, I don't know how. It had to be prophetic. I saw where things were headed. And I knew if, if we didn't see things turn around, where we would end up. My, my wife and I, when we came out of Bible college, we, we wanted to be missionaries. Uh, we, were, we were determined that we would be uh, going to other nations and laying our lives down for, for, for a people who had never heard the gospel or, or, or maybe several nations. And it was a stretch. It was, a, it was a, almost, uh, it was hard for us to accept that it was really the Lord when he first began to turn our hearts and say, I don't, I don't want you to go to another nation. I need you here. I said, but Lord, there's a church on every corner. It's the most gospel inundated country in the world you know 
let us go someplace where they haven't heard. And he said, I need you here. So he began to really just grip our hearts slowly for America. And then in September of 2000, I had two major visitations from the Lord. I don't mean that I had a literal uh, visit where I saw him, but I knew he was there. This was a, a, a true visitation. Two of them that were the end of this journey where he was gripping me fully for this nation and mantling me to do what I do. But in September of 2000, I was in our, our Wednesday night service and uh, I was about to go up and, and preach, do the message. And I walked to the platform and a wave of dizziness hit me. And I became just a little disoriented and I set my Bible on the podium and I just, I didn't say it out loud, but I said to myself, what is happening to me? Is this a heart attack or a stroke? I mean, I thought I was gonna pass out for a moment. And I didn't wanna alarm the people or my wife on the front row, so I just said, you know, I just feel like we need to just pause here for a minute and just wait on the Lord, see what he might be saying, and just bow your heads, and it was really to regroup and see see what was happening. Sometimes we act like we're being led, we're just stalling for time. So when I paused, this intensified many, many times. And I can't really explain what I'm about to say, but I began to sob uncontrollably and I didn't know why. I had no idea what I was, what was happening to me. Something just erupted here, not here, here. And I just, I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. I laid my head on the podium and I just began to sob uncontrollably. Well, no one really knew what was happening. Cece didn't know exactly what was happening, but she knew it was God. And she told the staff and she came up and she said, I don't know what's going on with him, but I, I, know, I know that this is God and I know what he would want us to do. We're gonna all leave. We're gonna put some worship on, repeating, and we're gonna lock the doors and we're gonna leave him here with God and let God do whatever he's trying to do. And that's what they did, and I wept uncontrollably for three and a half hours. I literally, at times, uh, staggered around the room because I, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't even, I could really not focus at times. And I, I, I knew early that on that that God was trying to impart to me his heart for America. And it was, as I look back often, I was like, you know, why didn't I feel anger? Why, why did I feel love and a broken heart rather than his wrath? I didn't feel wrath. I felt the love of a father for a prodigal. And I know at one point, and I know you're not supposed to let the flag touch the ground, but I was out of control, okay. I went to the, over in the corner and I, I grabbed a flag we had and I wrapped it around me and I laid on the floor and I sobbed and I knew I was crying with, with him. 
I knew we were crying together for this nation, Gene. And it became so intense <clears throat> that at one point I said, and I meant this, this was not hype or I'm not trying to be sensational here. I said, God, please, you have to stop this because my heart is literally going to break and I'm going to die. And I said, please don't kill me. Now, I, you know, sometimes you just get in a situation where you think God may not know what he's doing, you know. But I was afraid. I, I was hurting here. I thought my heart is going to break. I'm going to die. So for three and a half hours this happened, and here's what he said to me at one point. And I know this, is, this was God. And I could never, ever, ever be convinced this wasn't God. He said, I must have this nation. I must have this nation back. And this is what he said. They, 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 can, they, can, they can scream about nationalism, Christian nationalism, me all they want. I'm not moved by what they say. Because I know the love in my heart for America is not a pride. It's not a we're better than someone else. It's not we want more than anyone else. The love I have for this nation was put there by God. And here's what he said to me. For what I'm going to do in this hour in the nations of the earth, the harvest that I am going to reap, I must have this nation. And you're going to help me get her back. That's what he said to me. The stakes are not just about us prospering in America. So we know that. We're, this is not a selfish thing. For This is not just so that my grandkids can enjoy what I've enjoyed. I learned a long time ago about the American dream that what we did is we took God's dream for America and perverted it into American dream that's all about things and all about being the biggest and the best and the pride that came in. And I'm proud to be an American and I sing it and I cry when I sing it. But I'm not proud to be an American because I want to be the biggest and the best. I'm proud because I know God raised up a nation under him with his heart to spread the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all the nations of the earth. And I say to you right now, that is not going to be stolen. Our destiny is not over. He is going to save this nation. And a third great awakening is coming to this nation. And it's going to give us the transformation that we need.
least the harvest that's coming is at least a billion soul harvest. At least. This is not coming. We're not asking him to do this and fighting with him for what needs to take place in order for that harvest to happen. We're not doing that to try to talk him into So We're not trying to convince God, come on, do this. We have this passion because of his heart. He is passionate to give the nations as an inheritance to his son. And he said, I will do this. I promise you, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, that's what he said. And I'm going to tell you one more time. It will not be stopped. America will be saved, and a great worldwide harvest is coming. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sorry. We need to have passion for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard the story of one minister in his church. He brought in a bunch of people that had mohawks and colored hair and the uh, tattoos and uh, wearing hats and and uh, put put them throughout the church, placed them throughout the church. And um, what he <laughs> when he walked in, he looked and he saw that these people there weren't too many people sitting by them. And uh, all of a sudden, he got up and he pounded the pulpit. And he said, "We need more people with tattoos in this place." We need more people in this place with colored hair. We need more people with mohawks. We need people smoking in the rest in the restrooms. We need people out in the in the parking lots acting stupid. What is he saying? We need the lost. We need the lost. Are you, do you want to be a part of the church that helps bring in this end time harvest? This billion. Person harvest? Yes, I do. I want to see more people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ more than ever in my life. I am stirred to my core. Why does this move me so much? Because, see, that's the way I know my God. And it burns in me. I have a passion for I want you to catch this. I want you to come near me in the flames of passion 
that's in me by the Spirit of God jumps off of me onto you. I want you burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want you going out into your world, making a difference wherever you go for Jesus. Saying, God, I'm going on a divine appointment today. I'm going expecting to touch somebody for Jesus. You lead me, Holy Spirit, I will follow. You will fill my mouth what I need to say or what I need to do. We've got to have this in us. We cannot become content with just showing up at church, having a little Holy Ghost good time and leaving and never even thinking about God throughout the rest of the week. It's time for us to get passionate for Jesus. We should be here when these doors are open. We need to come together and get charged up. We need to be hearing about, from the Spirit of God what He wants us to do. Because we are living in the last days. And we can get caught on the sidelines. That's true. There are going to be a lot of churches that are caught on the sidelines. They're going to see what's happening in other places. And they might even be uh, uh, make fun of it. Be critical of it. But just like what he said, I don't care. Do you? Do you care what people say about you? Think about it. Was Jesus ridiculed? Was Jesus made fun of? Did the religious people like him? They hated him. They plotted to kill him. They spat upon him. They punched him. They crucified him. But we have what the world needs. We have Jesus. We have Jesus in us. It's time. It's time to rise up and be the church you were always supposed to be. You've heard me say this a lot lately, but we're different. We're not normal human beings. And I know I like to make fun, say funny things like, oh, yeah, you know that's true about me. It is true about me, but it's true about you. We are a peculiar people. We've been chosen by God for a reason. It's not just so we can go through this life, you know, us for no more. Get by. Have all kinds of things. It's so that we can let our light shine before all men and let them know about the one who died for them just like he died for it's time to love his love, to see people the way he sees people. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks to the heart. Amen. I believe the beginning of the service was for us. I believe here at the end of the service, it is all for those out there in this world. Are you hearing me? Can we get serious about Sharing Jesus with others. We are, I, 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 the early church, listen, the early church came together and they prayed. And one part of their prayer was for a holy boldness to come upon them. To share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that God would stretch forth his hand to heal. 
in the name of his holy servant, Jesus. In other words, preach the word with accompanying signs and wonders. It's supposed to be the way it is with us, the church. You've got to believe for a boldness. Do not think that you have to quote all the scriptures in the Bible in order to reach someone for Jesus. It could be just as simple as being there for somebody. Smiling at somebody. Speaking words of life and encouragement to somebody. Yes, praying for them if they need prayer. Demonstrating God's love. God's goodness. God's power to a lost and dying. Do you believe we're living in the last days? Then you're going to have to ask yourself, why am I even here? I know why you're here. Obviously, he knows why you're here. We're here to live for him. Fulfill his business. Do what he's called us to do. Our life here is so short. I was just pondering that. I'm 60 years old. I might live to be... 90, maybe 100. But what is that in comparison to eternity? I want to go to heaven with as many people as I possibly can. I don't even care like Jesse DePlante said. If the rapture of the church happens, I'm going to make sure I grab someone that I was uh, testifying to and grab them by the hair and pull them up. You sure you don't want to get saved? I... I want a church of soul winners. I want us to be like Matt Gober. When he started to go to a church, he'd go and he would knock on the door of the pastor's house late at night because he'd go to the bar and he'd share Jesus. I'm not suggesting that you do that. But he, he didn't know any better. That's the lifestyle he lived, used to live at that point. But he'd come to the pastor's house and knock on the door, I got one for Jesus. And they go over to the church, unlock it, go in and get the person born again. And it came to a place where it happened so many times, finally the pastor stopped him and said, here, threw him some keys. Now you just go and do it yourself. But then that time, when all of a sudden, all the, the elders of the church gathered around him, and he thought he was in for it. And they all began to cry. He said, all of these people are here now because of you. This church was dying before you came. Because he had a heart for people. He wanted people to know the same Jesus who had set him free. Delivered him. Glory to God, saved him. Do you not want people to know the Jesus that saved you? Can you sense the passion? In my heart, my, my desire is to have, I, I, I want you to see me as a fan right now. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about when you fan the flame? I want you to see, I want your flames burning so boldly. I want every one of you to be bold about your faith. I want you to, I'm not saying be arrogant and stupid. What I am saying is be led by the Spirit of God. Because He will lead you to people that you're called to minister to. Not me, you. And trust him to fill your mouth. To give you the right words to share 
to that person that they will receive it. Glory to God and know, come to know the same Jesus that you know. Ooh, we serve a good God. We serve a good God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Y'all can be believing with me where my hip is concerned. Hallelujah. I am whole and healthy in Jesus' name. Not moved by how I feel. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. I'm going to do this declaration. This is one that, uh, that they went on to do here. The reason I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it is because I could not. You can't see the words all the time. So you'd be kind of flying blind, so to speak. But do you mind doing this from your hearts with me, in agreement with me? Amen. It's called the Watchman's Creed, the Watchman Decree. A watchman was set on the wall, and it was there for a reason. To cover that place with divine protection. To pray for that place, cities, and so forth. We have to look at ourselves, like I said, we are different. We need to look at ourselves as being different. We've been, we, we're here. You're here for such a time as this. And let's make the most of what God has called us to do, who he's called us to be. Amen? So please repeat this with me. As a patriot of faith, I attest my allegiance first and foremost to the kingdom of God and the Great Commission. Secondly, I agree to be a watchman over our nation concerning its people and their rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We, the church, are God's governing body on the earth. We have been given legal power and authority from heaven. We are God's ambassadors and spokespeople over the earth. Through the power of God, we are his world influencers. Because of our covenant with God, we are equipped and delegated by him to destroy every attempted advance of the enemy. We decree that America's executive branch of government will honor God and defend the Constitution. We decree that our legislative branch, our Congress, will write only laws that are righteous and constitutional. We decree that our judicial system will issue rulings that are biblical and constitutional. We declare that we stand against wokeness, the occult, and every attempt against our nation. We declare that we now take back our God-given freedoms according to, the, to our Constitution. We declare that we take back influence at the local level in our communities. We decree that the blood of Jesus 
covers and protects our nation. It protects and separates us for God. We declare that our nation is energy independent. We declare that America is strong spiritually, financially, militarily, and technologically. We decree that evil carries no power, authority, or rights in our land or over our people. We decree that we will operate in unity, going beyond denominational lines, in order to accomplish the purposes of God for our nation. We decree that America shall be saved. We know this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. We know the truth, therefore we stand for truth. And we will never be deceived. We will never stop fighting. We will never, ever, ever give up or give in. We will take our country back. We will honor the one true God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. America shall be saved. Amen. Glory to God. Trying to get you stirred up, don't it? Ah, feel like belly bopping somebody right now. Praise the Lord. Can you sense something? Do you sense something? Do you sense something? Do you sense something? I'll tell you what. We're not the same. We are a church on a mission, a church family fulfilling destiny. By his grace, with his help, with the anointing, we're going to reach every man, woman, teenager, and child we've been destined to reach. This place is going to be filled up. I'm telling you, look around you. There are too many empty seats in here. I want to have people in here that I don't know. But I get to come to know. Amen. If we truly believe these are the last days, then we need to get busy. Busy about the master's business. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. My wife, do you have anything to say? Without going into preaching. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're going to take up our offering. I just thought she might have something she needed to say. Share. She is running for um, uh, United States Congress. <laughs> She's so funny. She goes to me. She said, uh, now, honey, I always thought for a, for a season of your life that you were called to politics. I never got that. I just got involved in politics probably too much. But now she's saying, now I sense I might be. I'm like, well, woman, you got a lot going on on your plate right now. So without further ado, welcome our next president of the United States. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, if you love your country, you want to do everything you can to, uh, you know, stand for what is right. Back in, during, they were called the black coats. They were the pastors of the 
churches back in the day of the, I don't know whether it was the Revolutionary War or whatever, but, you know, Pastor Dan and I have a very serious before God obligation to put into your hearts what God has for each and every one of you to do where your own path is concerned. But this nation, it is one nation under God. I was just going to share this word that the Lord had given to me the other day. Intensity. And a lot of times that's how it starts with a word. And then I'll look it up. The quality or state of being intense, especially extreme decree, degree of strength or force, energy or feeling. And this is what he had to say. I'm about to reveal myself with intensity and power. Things that have been lifted up will be brought low. Those who have exalted themselves will be brought low. Systems will begin to fail, and my people will rise in number and strength. The balance is being tipped. Justice, my justice, will prevail for those who will follow me and pursue my plan. God wants us to be in step with the Spirit of God. If you put on the armor every day, one of the last verses there says that you and I are co-laborers with Jesus Christ in the earth. And you and I have an obligation, like Pastor said, like Brother Dutch said. We have an obligation and a duty to stand for righteousness. If we don't, what happens? Darkness takes over. And we can't allow that. We have to take back what God graciously gave this nation. And so, you know, to say you shouldn't be involved in politics is wrong. The government is upon his shoulders, and we're to be enforcers of his government in the earth. We are to say what should and shouldn't be. And if we don't, if our voice is silent, I'm telling you to get out and vote morally in November. Don't vote, vote party. Vote morally what these people stand for. And you can go online and you can find out what they stand for. And we need to vote. There's over 60 million Christians in the world or in America, and half of them don't vote. What if we let our voice be heard and that many Christians voted? Do you think we'd be where we are today? No. So we need to do our part and your voice matters. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, why don't we go ahead and take up the offering? If you need an envelope, just uh, raise your hand. Hallelujah. This is our opportunity just to tell the Lord how much we love him, to worship him. You know, it's not like just throwing your money in the bucket. We worship him with our tithes and offerings. He is so good to us. We still live in the greatest country of freedom there ever was. And for you to be able to give back to our Lord is an honor. And uh, we need to all be doing that, right? Amen. 
Father, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, in so doing, you promise to give us back a harvest, Lord. Whatever we sow will reap a harvest. And so we praise you for that. We thank you that you take care of our needs. No matter if the shelves are bare, you take care of us. No matter if gas rises, you give us the money to be able to uh, fill our tanks, Lord. We trust you with everything, Father, and we trust you with our substance that you will always take care of us. We love you, we praise you, we honor you as the God of this nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I hope you guys got something today. I knew it was going to be different. I do have my message ready if you're ready for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mr. Paul. Sam. Sam actually has come to our Wednesday night Bible study. That's Sam back there, by the way. Wave, Sam. And this is Mr. Paul. Glory to God. It's so good to have the two of them here today. Amen. Always good to have Marika. Good to see her, too. Amen. I was... I uh, always make mention of her because you're on my list of folks that come to this church. Amen. Oh, hi back there. How are you? I'm just totally, I know I know your name, and I know who you are. I know you're working on a ranch, and I know that, who? I believe it's Hannah, isn't it? You spell your name the same frontwards and backwards, Hannah? Yes. Thanks, wife. <laughs> Amen. It's good to see you, Hannah. Hallelujah. Um, remember this, guys. Um, we're a family. We are family. We're a church family. I know that's... Uh, we need to stick together. We need to be praying for one another. Um, I'm saying this for a reason. El, could you just raise your hand real quickly? El back there is uh, carrying uh, her entranced third child. And the child is due at the first, uh, the eighth of November, and um, she's believing that the baby's going to go full term. And I just want us to all come into agreement with her and be praying with her. Um, they are faithful to be here, and I, we love them. Excited to have the new little baby eventually. Glory to God! That'll be awesome. Trent's looking forward to changing diapers again. <laughs> He's like me. I know that's not true, but anyway. Hallelujah. Let's just stretch our hands toward El right now. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, as El is believing you for, we're coming into agreement with, first of all, that that child is whole and healthy and strong, and that El will go through this pregnancy to full term, and that she, too, will remain strong throughout the birthing process. Glory to God. We believe, just like you spoke to my heart, Lord, this child is going to bring them much uh, uh, excitement and, and joy and peace, just like the other two have. But I sense something different about this child. And I just thank you, Lord. You will reveal it to their hearts. And we give you praise and glory for it now. We surround Trent and L and those kids right now with our faith and love in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Glory to God. Well, you guys are so greatly loved. Um, thank you again for being here, being a part. Let's get this place filled up. Hallelujah. Let's, let's ask God to give us a Brother Mac. 
type of uh, uh, mentality. Reach as many as we possibly can. Amen? So, Father, I'm asking you.